A lot of you guys know who John Christ is. He's one of the most successful comedians in the genre right now and someone I've gotten to know over the past couple of years. You guys know how funny he is. His videos on social media go viral as soon as he puts them up. They're hilarious. They're so well written, so well devised, and so well delivered and executed. But what you may not know is the man beneath all of those jokes. I didn't. And when he came in here to do the Marty Smith podcast here at Outsider Studios, I didn't know what I was going to get. I thought we'd cut up and laugh a little bit, share some jokes and, and how he got into comedy and what it's like to be completely exposed up on that stage in front of all of those people who came to see one person, you. That's not what I got. We got a little bit of that. But what we got was a man who is vulnerable, a man who's learned a lot of very difficult lessons, and someone that I admire for the vulnerability with which he shares that story. You'll be blown away. I was. So without further ado, here is comedian John Christ on the Marty Smith Podcast here at Outsider Studios. All right, it is an absolute pleasure to have my buddy John Christ in here with us. Uh, we have conversed many times. We've had conversations of depth on the telephone. This is the first time we've ever seen each Shoot, other in that's person. that's true, now that I think uh, about it. With, with our own eyes, and he, you won me immediately by coming in here with a Skittles hat on. Let's go, baby. I mean... <laughs> You dude, got you got this whole racing thing going on. Don't I got you? it. Dude. How did how did the racing thing happen? Like, I mean, I've been into. Ra I mean, my parents we used to go to races and stuff when we were little. And I think that people don't misunderstand about like NASCAR and racing. It's huge. Yeah, it is. And it's not getting less pop. Maybe it's a little, but it's gigantic still. And as like, I don't know why people think it's not cool. Well, I so, think it's becoming cool again. You uh, think so? Okay, so I lived it. The I whole was way. completely immersed in it from 1998 all right, you all the way until in. 2014. Okay, yeah. It was my whole life. Because your job? Or my job. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I covered NASCAR racing. Oh, right? man. So, so from I knew the, that. Yeah. the Dale Earnhardt-Jeff Gordon rivalry <sighs> heyday, the absolute apex of that rivalry. Right before, right after Richard Petty. Richard Petty uh, right. retired in 92. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Jeff, yep, yep. So Richard Petty's last NASCAR race was Jeff Gordon's first NASCAR race. Oh, my. Dude. How about People, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's way inside baseball. So I lived the absolute rocket ship yeah, trajectory yeah, yeah, yeah. of this thing. And then I also So lived, it wasn't before that? Well, it really started in the early 90s. With who? But by Dale. I mean, Becoming like this Dale is like... Rusty, yeah, 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 Dale yeah, yeah. Dale Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace had a rivalry yep, that was yep. important to the sport. But yep. it, they strapped a rocket ship to their ass when Jeff Gordon <laughs> when Jeff Let's Gordon came in in 1994 yeah, yeah. and won the Brickyard 400 and a Coca-Cola 600. And he was, like, young. He was taking Dale Earnhardt's thunder. And Dale yeah, didn't like it. Nah, nah, and nah, every nah, single, nah, nah, every yeah, single yeah, redneck. Yeah, no, no, we don't like south that. South of the Mason-Dixon. We don't like that. No, they couldn't have Dale being compromised. Not so, by Jeff Gordon. Not by, not by an Indiana yeah, boy. Especially. Not. With a bad... Yeah mustache and a mullet so but then it became brother and then you were on it because because huge and until espn until espn lost the broadcast rights yeah. to nbc yeah. that's when they moved me to college football and all that, the yeah stuff okay I yeah, yeah 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 so oh my dude i, I wish i would have been around in those days 
I do agree with you that it does feel like there is a resurgence in certain sectors. It's not a national yeah. sport. Yeah, but look, dude, did you? I went to the NASCAR, the Nashville race. Yeah. This is like kind of during quarantine or kind of during like people aren't going to stuff. Dude, you, it's more people than you could imagine. Yeah, oh yeah. As long as you can see. And like, if, like, you, like a big artist would sell out like Bridgestone. It's like 25,000. Yeah, you know how many people are at a NASCAR race? A lot more than 25,000. Yes, way more, dude. Right. Yeah, but way the more. problem is, so here's the problem with it. The problem I already know is, what you're going to say, but go. In 2005, yeah. there was not only 200,000 people at Talladega, Alabama. Okay, yeah. The television rating oh, yeah, was yeah. so astronomical. I mean, yeah. 8 million people were watching NASCAR races. Versus like how many watch would watch like a... Uh, Sunday Night Football, 13 or something? Oh, uh, yeah, a lot. Yeah, so there's still, uh, but a significant amount of people. Eight million, yeah, yeah. That's where people feel like the popularity has dwindled because television yeah. is everything in a sport that's not franchised yeah. and depends on corporate American that's dollars a, yeah. to make the TV. wheel turn. Yeah. And TV money is, I mean, you know, this is what I was saying, but it's going away too. Well, Not for live sports. I work for ESPN. Yeah, 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 yeah. My, my, bad, my bad. You're right. You're right. You're right. Well, I just we we just see that in, in social media is that a lot of money is coming over this way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were like, hey, we'll we'll pay like the NHRA, like a bunch of different. They were like, hey, we'll pay you to come out and just do a thing and at our race. All of them. Same thing with artists, like yeah, country yeah, music yeah. artists, for sure, man. And, yeah. And that's one of the reasons for that is these venues, yeah. they just sit dormant. Dormant. So if you yeah. can get bodies in seats, Huge. Yeah, it's yeah. hard tickets. And I think and I think, if anybody was like, you know, my age or younger and like, because I see people wearing merch and stuff. You see people wearing stuff like it's kind of coming back in a style way. you got to get that person there. Anyone, I, I went to Talladega and I go, I was like, this is, a, this is unbelievable. I have chills right now. Think There's about the first time I went like, to Talladega. There's nothing like that place. And we have, I, have, I sponsor a very small driver that is like in the JEG series. Like, like if there's single A baseball, it might be below that. So how'd that happen? We just went out to the local track here in Nashville and the kid had, it was, he's 22 or something and he didn't have anything on his car. And I go, <laughs> I was like, hey, can I, we, can I put my face on your yeah. head? He goes, shit, how much money you got? Dude? <laughs> he goes, yeah, sounds good. And we went down there and, and then we just sponsored his car. Yeah, it, I love I love it when people have passion for auto racing. I yeah, love it. Yeah. I mean, I I love it so much, and I want it to thrive so much. Yeah, and I, I I'm glad that you feel like there's a little bit of a resurgence in it because I think a lot of people feel otherwise and worry otherwise. But yeah, I know yeah. this for a fact: the people that are running the sport. Yeah. They care so much yeah, they do. about yeah, they that do. damn sport. And, that, yeah. and they've made a lot of decisions. They're coming back to Nashville. Yeah, they're, yeah, of course. They're yeah, going yeah, back yeah. to traditional markets. They're yeah. trying new things. Do, yeah. It's and awesome. like we had the Grand Prix here in Nashville this yep. weekend. It's like, hey, let's, I mean, we everybody's doing creative with all, all businesses. We're like, hey, maybe let's try this. But you do know that those people are sincere about that. We went, I stopped in like out of Knoxville. It was like JP's NASCAR and you get everything is in there, dude. This kid, no one loves racing more than those people, which is beautiful. So growing up in Georgia, yeah, let, let's go down. Let's let, let's let's walk the path. 
There I'll was do it a with whole you, brother. lot of little Chris running around. Too many. There was a what kind? What size house did y'all grow up in? Bi- uh, well, it's a big house, but it's not really like a practical big. It's just like a like a plantation type yeah. house, which my dad built it, and it was all. My dad's a pastor, one of eight kids, and we just kept having kids. They kept building on. <laughs> they just made another room. Yeah. Hey, let's build, let's put a, uh, over the garage. You want to build like a yeah? So we just kept building and building. So I was the th- I'm third of eight kids. And my his he grew up going to races and stuff. His parents took him to Daytona and stuff like that. But we live in the in Atlanta. We grew up in Lilburn, Georgia, is where it was. And then we just they just we we're like he was a pastor, so we we're always in church. How many days a week? Sunday morning, Sunday, Sunday morning, night, and Wednesday Sunday night, night, Wednesday, yeah, Thursday choir practice, maybe Friday youth group. Oh, yeah, Friday so youth I would group. say three to four, yeah, and that's all we knew, you know. Mama was the choir director. Your mom and played the organ. So I, <laughs> I in an opaque way lived yeah. that same deal, and we were holy ter- youth youth group. Yeah, yeah, we were holy terrors. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. We tore yeah. the fellowship hall. Oh. To pieces yeah. with basketball. Yeah, of basketball. Course, yeah. You, well, there's no rules. Like you know when like a, you see like, you know like uh, you know Brian Deegan, uh, yeah. driver. So I yeah. met his little. He was out of the race. I met his little son, and he's like a, he's like a punk. Because when the the dad is the boss, the kid is like no one can get me in trouble. Yep. And that's how he's we were. The law. Yeah, dude. So yeah. he was like running around doing whatever he wanted, and that's how we were at church, which is, ironically, kind of how I became a comedian because I was doing the announcements in church. Like just the guy being like, <laughs> hey, the church picnic is next weekend or you know, the food drive is on Saturday. But I didn't, my, like the pastor at the church I started with in Colorado, he thought it was hilarious. So I was like, no, it, and that's what it, me now is like, one person says, oh, I can't believe you said that. I didn't really, it doesn't, I, I don't know. I don't really care. I mean, I do care. I, I want. I don't want to offend people. I don't want to. But I, it's like, eh, I'm, I'm cool with the guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad. So okay. So you're doing the church announcements. How yeah. how old is little John doing the church announcements? Oh, high school. That was like college. college yeah, okay. yeah. I have a college. So I would like. But I like. You don't understand. Like, if when I first started comedy because a lot of my comedy is, is around church culture and christianity and southern culture stiff things like this which back. is what makes it so fun yeah 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 but at the start it was like okay is this guy with us? is he with us <laughs> because if you like or not if you are making fun of nascar it'd be like yeah but marty loves nascar i know one cares about nascar more than him and he's joking and I, I use humor to try to, i see like if you see issues with a sport, I see them and I make jokes about them because I'm angry at them like you are. But that's how I kind of, so I see a church and like a pastor that has like a Tesla and I'm just like, (laughs) not that that's, you know, I'm not, I don't know the guy's personal life or maybe he bought it with investments or I don't care, but I just go, that's tricky for me to rationalize. So, but he's like, is this guy with us? Because if he's with us, he can say whatever he wants, but if he's against us, then that's very offensive. Because then you're on the outsider making fun of the most sacred things of Christianity. How did you reconcile this, and how <laughs> how did how did you get on the right side of the Christian faith in the masses? Well, I uh, did you have all, to explain? Yourself? No, I never have explained okay. once. But everybody, like you, kind of just like you're like you can't know all those Bible verses or all this insider stuff if you're not in it. Yeah. 
Because, like, uh, I remember Christian Mingle, when they first came out, their, their, their advertising slogan was, find God's match for you. And there was, like, a little halo with an I go, that is not what a Christian, that's what a Christian thinks a Christian would say. That's not a Christian. And it turns out Christian Mingle's owned by Mormon Meetup and Silver Fox. They, they own a bunch of them. And I go, I knew it. That that's not a real... You know what I'm saying? Somebody comes in and tries to talk about some subculture you're a part of, you're like, you can spot it. For sure. You know for old. You know someone that's new to racing or someone that's like yeah. been, uh, yeah. So you can kind of, so the, I think Christian is like, yeah, no, he's he's with us. When when did you make the transition to, all right, I'm going to stand up here in front of these people. <laughs> Put me in the yeah, very that's a different, first yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was doing like the announcements at church, which was, and it was going good. But these are, my dad's, like, my, it was my dad was the pastor or my, my, the pastor were like, I knew everybody there. So it's kind of like a stacked audience. Yeah, so they're going to laugh at you. Yeah, they're going to laugh no matter they what. they think it's funny or not. So I was in Atlanta and the Laughing Skull Lounge is like the comedy club. So you watch, you know, my favorites would be like Cat Williams or, you know, Brian Regan or whoever, you, I go, there's no way I could do that. But if you went to open mic, you would be like, I could probably do that. Or not, <laughs> I could probably do it, but like I could, ha I could, I, so I was going to open mic for like a three weeks and then I went and I go, hey, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do it. I'll never forget it. I told the lady that at the ticket, I go, can I, can I do it? And she goes, you wanna do comedy? I go, <laughs> God, it makes me nervous <laughs> to talk about. I go, yeah, her name is Betty, was the old lady's name. And she looked at her little notepad, and she goes, and I forget this, she goes, July 23rd, 2009. She goes, you got two minutes. And that was in a month from when I asked, and it was. How'd that month go? Horrible, dude, horrible. And exactly. I'd been writing, I, yeah, yeah, but I had been writing for years. But I go, okay, it's like, when you, you want to be a doctor, you take the, you get into, take the test, get into college, do the college, do the pre-med, do the practice, do the, uh, Local. Then ten years later, you have doctor in front yeah. of your comedy. You have comedy in front of your name from day one, but you're not. It takes you ten years to be good. But they go next comedian up, John Chris. How'd that? How'd it go? Horrible, dude. Horrible. It was. I and I was coming in real confident because I was like from the church. I was like, let's go. <laughs> and they were like, no. How many people were there? Uh, probably seventy-five. Okay, seventy-five people. I said. Uh, I never forget. I said my skin in the in the people ask me what race I am because my skin gets pretty dark in the summer, and I'm not white. I tell them I'm not white. I'm more like wheat, and then it was dead silent. Dude. <laughs> Don't laugh, dude. <laughs> it was dead silent. And then I go, well, my mom's white. My dad's nine grain, and then nothing. <laughs> oh, dude. How do you feel? Why okay. you make me tell this story? How dude? do you? Dang. Because it's amazing. Horrible. Because you're so wildly Horrible. successful now. Horrible. Everybody if, has a path. Yeah, and if yeah. you don't have those moments where yeah. you're completely stripped naked oh, man. in front of the world, then you probably don't have the chops it, to go do no, what you do. Fair. And and Tim Hawkins told me, he was a comedian that I look up to a lot, he goes, you know that you're obsessed with it and you love it if you embarrass yourself that hard and you go, I'm going to do it again. And that's what I thought on the way. It was horrible. No one laughed. It was embarrassing. And the, the host has to kind of come up and roast you because that's his job. He's like, oh, it's, comedy's not for everybody. Or like, oh, that was, he, whatever. He crushed me, which rightfully he should have. Because <laughs> there's people in the crowd that are trying to have a fun night. And if it bombs, you got to say, you got to mention it. 
And then on the way home, I go, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Because it's like telling someone how to drive a car if they've never seen a car. Because yep. people ask me all the time. I'm trying to think about stand-up. I go, the East Room in Nashville, Tennessee, 8 p.m., every Tuesday night, there's open mic. I go, go. And if you don't want to go, don't email me. It's every Tuesday. You, anybody, comedian would be an awesome job. It's an awesome job. I would imagine if you could play in the NBA, you would. I would. You would. Everybody would. Damn if right. you could drive, you would. Yes, I would. Yes, I would too, dude. That's why, like, people, this, you're leading me down this path of, of Tebow. Yeah, yeah. Like, a great friend to me. Yeah. Someone I admire beyond. I think words. when I met him, I said I knew you, and he yeah. was like, "You cool with me?" Way to name drop. <laughs> let's go. Awesome. I, know Marty I appreciate Smith. being the guy. I Thanks, know Marty man. Smith. Gosh, I'm I got cool Marty. Of, Smith. I got a lot of credit. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. When he went to play baseball, yeah. Obviously, he was ridiculed, vilified. Yeah. What sure. are you doing? You don't sure. deserve this. You haven't this. You haven't that. If if some if the New York Mets called me right now and they yes, said, "Hey, Marty, dude. we want yes. you to come to spring training. See ya. Bye. Yeah. Bye everything." You want to play professional baseball? Somebody, and they say, "Oh, it's only because he's famous." Or only, okay, who cares why? If somebody, yeah, who cares? No matter why. Say, hey, you want to play baseball? I want to play like rec league baseball. Yeah. I, I, I cancel yeah. my plans to play rec that. Hoops. Dude. Yeah, dude. I tried that the other day. Yeah, I got play of course, dude. Yeah. Basketball tournament, man. I pulled my good. groin like eight points in. Yeah, you can't it was do just it. Like yeah. hobbling around, like not a, like how it used to be, like man with a wooden <laughs> leg. Uh, yeah, it's if you're it kind of like. There does it, if you have like kind of that, like that kind of I don't know what it's like the sale or it's going in the right direction. You have kind of a, you, it doesn't really twist and turns in your career. Don't they matter? Of course. And when when significant or less significant things happen, it's like all right. But this is we're like well we're still. Why do you have that? Uh, I mean, this would probably be a little bit like I think. I I was at I was watching a uh, I was at one of my shows one time in the um, I was before the show in the green room and the green room overlooked the um, the green room overlooked the parking lot and I saw all these people you know a thousand people waiting to get into my show and they had their tickets and they're with their husbands or wives or best friends and they're so these people had driven for hours and I, man, to, to, I, I, I was too overcome emotionally. I go, I can't look at this because why I do it is I'm trying to give truthfully and honestly trying to give something to someone that I can never really give to myself. That's a little too No, it's not. I love it. Maybe. Why, why can't you give that? So the answer is joy. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I, I know, I, dude, no one knows how much that means to people than me. You, you can't like, oh, it's just a comedy show. It's not, dude. It's not, man. I, people are depressed and, and have children that are, are going a different way and health issues. Like, I know what that does for people, dude. I was, I was at a show one time, and the girl was, had a, she was standing, and she had a cast on both of her legs and both of her arms. It cast, and she wanted to, there was a long meet and greet line. She met us. We took a photo, signed her cast and everything, and her mom emailed us and said, hey, my daughter is your favorite comedian. And she is in a wheelchair. And her, she got a degenerative bone disease or something. You're her favorite comedian, and she wanted to stand to meet you. Mm. And it was like, wow. And I and she goes, she left the building skipping, and that was the happiest I ever saw her in her whole life. And that, I don't want to sound too spiritual or anything, because I do. You know, we make money, and we do. You know, so, so we're like, oh, John, it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. 
I just got back from Myrtle Beach. I made a significant amount of money. I don't want to sound like that, but I, I, I know what that does for people. And I, I, I think it was emotional for me to see that parking lot because I wished I was there. And I, I could never watch my show. Why? I, no, I could never be in the crowd. Uh, I guess I could. Ah, uh, let me think. I just, I, I, the people were so excited. I don't know. I, I, Bo Burnham has a line in one of his songs. He's like, oh, I've been desperately trying to give you something I could never give myself. Which is, I know what that does. To, I, I, I do know, because I'm in there too. And it does, like, it is, man. It's, a, it's like a, some of those athletes are probably people to interview. It's kind of like a drug in some in some ways. Of course it is. Man. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, look. Don't let them lie to you and say it's not. And for musicians too, it's like a. There's no question. That's the juice. Yeah, and and the kids. You and don't it, you don't start it for money. No, you, you don't. start it for the yeah. juice. And if anybody, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, when I, 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 yeah, money was never. I go, yeah, I don't, I don't. It never. Money really never connected with me in terms of like a metric of success. Never. I wish it did, kind of. I, I, I don't know. I never really, I don't know. So I'm, I, I don't mean to harp on it. Well, I don't know if I answered your question. So well, you, I'm, I'm extremely intrigued by whatever that void is. Um, what, 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 where's the void originate, and what do you think might fill it? It's obviously something you considered. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, I mean, I so I the, I know the comedy kind of started when I was so we were just us Chris kids at the house. We were homeschooled, kind of sheltered, kind of just play in the woods and by and we would go to church every Sunday. That was literally the only time we got to see other people. I don't know how to describe it. I mean, yeah, that was the first time out, right? We were just with us, and I remember, and I'm kind of one of eight kids, and I don't. I love my parents to death. They'd do anything for me, but that was kind of overlooked. There's not a lot of attention in the house to go around. I remember these girls at church, like Jessica, Nikki, Patty. I remember their names, and they thought I was hilarious, man. <laughs> oh, man, they thought I was hilarious. And I would always think of things during the week to tell them, and I felt very... Yeah, validated. Extremely. And in, in kind of a world that I was kind of... I don't know, overlooked or maybe not really cared about. And they, they thought I was a god, dude. And I, and I was like, yeah, I've been doing stand-up since I was 25, but I guess since I was 10, yeah. right? And I went to that well to get my needs met. And unhealthily, this got way too serious, but there's never an amount of people that could meet it, unfortunately. <laughs> there's never an amount of likes on the internet or views or sold out shows that could be like, all right, I'm good. And you're a believer. I know what the, what the answer is supposed to be, but yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's funny that, that you're saying all this because I think it's so relatable to so yeah. many people. And I think it's only gotten more toxic. Oh yeah. 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 Because Just, of likes, because you can get so, it any all day, every day. So many people, so many people quantify their self worth. Yeah. Based on what some person or people they're never going to meet, never going to see, never, never yeah, going to yeah, interact yeah. with, either say about them or like or don't like. And yeah. we cannot, as human beings, take our self-worth on the good side or the bad never. side. Yeah, we yeah. can't define ourselves yeah. by that. Because you've been lauded and crushed. 
Holy. <laughs> so have I. So, have I ever, sir? So, so have I, dude. And yeah, so yeah. have you. And so have I. Yeah. And I I remember to 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 our I don't know what like when I, I so when everything happened in my personal life, which if you want to get into it, you can Google it or whatever. But you had some kind of like cause your wife had come out to shows she did. and she we loved had, you. Yeah, and we had kind of had some kind of relationship in that way and you were like I don't know what compelled you. you were like, I got to reach out to this guy. Because maybe you were like, I know what it's like to publicly be. It wasn't that. All right. Was... This is what it is. Every human being is flawed. Yeah. All of us. Yep. I don't care what you may see, what you may perceive. <laughs> we're all flawed. Yeah. And all of us make mistakes. Yeah. And I don't like the prospect that a mistake could yeah. completely redefine someone yeah. when that person has a platform to yeah. be a light in the world. Right. Yeah. And maybe a mistake might dim that light, but it doesn't yeah. extinguish it. And you saw it on that end because you know what the the brightness I just yeah, and you're like I just was like I got yeah. a I, I said to Laney, my yeah. wife, I said I don't know how to get a hold of this dude. Yeah. It's gonna oh, be super man. weird like yeah, if yeah. I read I, I don't but I gotta talk to him because yeah, yeah, yeah. I getting real spiritual yeah. like I love Luke 12:48 to whom much yeah. is given much is required. Yep. Yep. You've been given a lot. Yeah. I've been given a lot. A lot. And a yep. lot of requisite comes with that. Yep. And that 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 is I, I, I'm that's fair. See we're like, "Oh, well like, you know, t Taylor Swift, she just like can't she just go to the mall? No, she can't. Never. She can't. So you're like, but that seems unfair. Like that is, but it is, we kind of said we signed up for this kind of. We did. Yeah. And so I remember when I was in rehab and they were like, hey, you can, you can go, dude. You can go, you can just get an apartment in Phoenix and, and fish and. You can, you can, and you've been through hard times in your career where you go, hey, we can wrap this up. We can wrap it all up, right? We can wrap all of this up and just, and we're, I go work at Lowe's, probably not Lowe's. I wouldn't know what to do there, but somewhere. I figure <laughs> out. <laughs> you can if you want. And they were like, hey, if we're going to continue here, then you got to take some responsibility for some things and you're going to have to answer some questions and you're going to, and you're going to have to face some difficult things. They go, that seems fair. It seems fair. And a lot of times I find myself in the same situation as you is like, oh, Justin Bieber was walking out of his and then he grabbed someone's cell phone and threw it on the ground or like he's a monster. I go, you have no idea what this guy is going through. And that's what you're, you kind of see. I find myself taking the side of the, I wouldn't say celebrity, but the public figure. It's like every time. So, so I go, God. I think about Simone Biles right I now. I was just going to say the same thing. And the reason that I think about her is she's faced a lot of ridicule for being a quitter and yeah. all of that. I don't yeah. see it that way at all. Yeah. Uh, she felt like she was going to compromise her teammate's ability to succeed yeah. and potentially hurt herself. Okay. Yeah. Now, she showed up for them. Right. She was there. Yeah. Ultimately, I go back to empathy. We're Easy. all human beings. Dude. We don't look at our celebrities, entertainers, 
athletes like human beings. Yeah, yeah. And that's what everyone is. Yeah. They all have their insecurities. They all, most, Everybody. I'm not going to say most, and I shouldn't speak for other people. <laughs> for so long, I was driven by ego-driven insecurity. Yep. yep. And so I, res I have so much empathy for it. And it goes back to if you're being uh, yep. critical of her, imagine if it was your little girl. Oh, man. And you get, you get. Like, wow. To say those, like you come, to, I moved to, I moved towards, you know, it's crazy. I think part of the rehabilitation process and the therapy does move me toward empathy very quickly. I remember I'm a big Hawks fan and I was in, in uh, Atlanta for the Hawks Sixers and remember, uh, uh, what's his name? Their forward, the guy that got the yips. Uh, what's his name? The for Sixers. The no, the Sixers. Uh, not Joel Embiid. Uh, oh, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. I have and, tremendous empathy for Yeah, him. all right, dude. So I remember being in there. Everybody's in there. We're like, boo, you suck. Or we, were, yeah. we were crushing him. And I was kind of walking home. I go, ah, kid's 22. You know what I'm saying? Like, that kid's in his hotel with his Twitter. And I, I go, or like we, Antetokounmpo, when he was, he was uh, shooting Shoot foul shots. One, two. And, and I go, this is kind of tough to morally justify, but you're like it's comp competition, and so I get all that, and my, and I get all that. But for for Simmons, to me, it's another level because it's obviously so deeply yeah, entrenched yeah, yeah, in yeah. his. Psyche. Markel Fultz, the same type of thing. Like these are. I was at Game Seven in Philly when he gave up the dunk, the yep. wide open dunk. I yep. was in the building. Yeah. And it was like. Oh. It's, it, it, it makes you feel some kind of way. I want to reach yeah. out to him, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to call well, him, well, too. Well, you know what happened to me in, in rehab? What happened to me in rehab is I told this story last night in my show. Uh, there was a bunch of people in there. You get a, a letter in rehab once, a, once every three weeks. It's kind of like prison in that type of way where you can't need nothing from the outside. You get a letter once every three weeks. About after a week or so of being in there, I get a letter. I get two letters, I get four letters, I get ten. Like stat, they were like because they no one knew who anyone was in there, and they were like, "John, here's your mail," and this is like the steps that you had to go to find my phone number. You're like, "Well, let me ask my wife, who can probably DM whoever to yep. get something." It was very, but like there was a like a school teacher in like Iowa that like, how did he get my? How did he get? How did he get that letter there? Yeah, yes. And it, but what I'm saying is, and he was like, I got a DUI when I was, you know, 24 and I got, and he, so he, what I'm saying is everyone was so like, they, this is what makes me emotional, but they knew what I was, they didn't know me, but they knew that I was dying. They knew, and you knew that. I did. And you didn't know me, you didn't know my personal life, but you go, God. I see what, I get, I bet he's, I, I have to, I have to find him and tell him to like not kill himself first and then encourage him, tell him I can help him, tell him I can relate, tell him, and that's what you did for me. And, and thousands of people did that for me. And I, and I said last night at the show, I go, I gotta get better so I can go thank those people. So they kept me on earth. I don't wanna, not you specifically, but like those people kept me literally on earth and whatever you felt, and everybody that's listening to this, whatever you feel that way, DM Ben Simmons. Do it. Yeah. You think that's crazy. 
say, hey, dude, I, I was at the game last night, and I, was, I felt some kind of way about that. He, he reads it. I promise you he reads it. Kim Kardashian reads her DMs. Maybe not from everybody, but they, if they see, like, Kim, Taylor Swift is always talking about the Twitter. On her, all of her songs about this guy, she sees it. And that's what people don't really understand is that, and I bet you've, have, you've had to cover things journalistically against people that you love, and it's been hard to do. Yeah, it's not easy. I bet. Yeah, it's not easy at all. And I think people that covered me, some of them, articles that I read about me, I go, that seems, that's fair. That seems fair. It was, it was critical, but I go, that seems fair. Yeah, all you can ever, any of us can ever ask for is fairness and accuracy. And, because but if that, you're, yeah, if that you're brushing gonna, your teeth, yeah. and you might be so furious at that person for writing that, but if you're brushing your teeth and you're looking in the mirror, you go, yeah, he's right. That's fair. And that's what I, for the mo for 95%, I go, as a guy that's performing in church that does it, he should be held to some kind of, that seems fair. That seems fair. So I don't want to go too far down no, the, good. The, this, this tangent, but I don't know if, so, so I, wanna, I just want to share this one story about it. And this is one of the things that really made me think about your situation because so many, especially men, yeah. we tend to take our identity from what we are, not who we are. Yeah. And when what we are is something in the public eye, that perpetuates itself. Times 10. Right. So... Yeah. I was at the Masters. I was covering the Masters in 2019. Stewart's heard this story yeah. before. Covering the Masters in 2019. I think I know where the story's going, but yeah. Tiger Woods is walking up the 18th fairway. Yeah. And he's going to win the Masters for the fifth time. And the place is unhinged. unhinged. There are people all the way down 18, all the way down 9, all the way down 1. Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. Even the dudes on top of the scoreboard that placed the placards in the master scoreboard are cheering Unhinged. this man. Because we're all not only witnessing history, we're in some small way a part of history. We're there. Yep. Okay? Yep. He taps in to win the tournament. His son Charlie runs into his arms. Yep. We're all instantly whisked to 1997 when he ran yep. into his own father's arms. Yep. They are walking to, to the clubhouse to sign his card. All of the young stars in the game Ricky Fowler, Justin yeah. Thomas, Rory yeah. McIlroy, Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka, all these guys that are playing the game because that's their hero yeah. are there to congratulate him. All the guys who've already won green jackets are oh, in that yeah. same line because they've just seen this. Yeah. I, I, don't have my, I can't have my phone on the course. Yeah, yeah. It's the Masters. Yeah. All right. I'm feverishly old school writing these notes <laughs> on like my a caveman, notepad dude. like a caveman. <laughs> I get tugged on my sleeve. Yeah. Hey, Marty, we need a minute. Yeah. What's going on? Guy says, we're Clemson University campus ministers. I said, oh, how you doing? He goes, we see ourselves in Tiger's victory. I said, how? He said, we're all capable of huge mistakes in this life. Yeah. But we're also all afforded the opportunity at redemption. Everybody. And I went, you have no idea how easy you just made my life. That's just that. So everybody, you're like, why did, or is everyone cheering for the mistakes we're not is everyone is everyone overlooking the maybe no. questionable but we're not why 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 was everyone so moved on that course and why were you so moved to reach out to me and why am i so moved to because when you 
when you see, when you know how much comedy means to me, I know how much being a journalist means to you. You know how much golf means to Tiger. When you do something personally, whether your selfishness or addiction or something, Jep brings that down. It's sad. It's it's very sad. It's and I see I've seen it a million times since me. I go, ah oh, man, the guy loves to. Whatever his temper got in the way, his drinking got in the way. Something you know how much the, I I was put on this earth to tell jokes. I was. I believe you were put on this earth to tell people stories. That one, the story about the guy. You probably don't remember this, but the guy in the, that you got the wheelchair for that could go on the beach is like Chris Skinner. Yeah. God, dude, that's what you're put on earth to do. That's it. And then. Why do you cheer so much for why? Why was everyone so moved by that Tiger Woods? Even more so than if he never nothing would have happened to him. Why? Why? Well, I know Americans love a comeback story. We love a comeback story more than we love anything. We love to tear you down to oh, shreds, yeah, yeah. and then we love <laughs> to see you come right back. And and that's something to whatever the human the, human element. Yep. That they're fight, they're fight, they're fighting against because everybody can relate because everyone's fighting against their whether it's public or private, yep. fighting against their so relatable. And some guy, well, I mean, we saw the mugshot, dude. For the, we saw it was horrific, dude, and horrific. And we all walked through all of that. Not walked through it with him. We didn't know him, but we we yep. I guess watched it unfold. And then to see him start swinging again. To see him start hitting birdies. And then, you know, the Masters is coming. And you go, oh, my God. Yeah, dude. when he won Atlanta uh, at the end of the season in 18. Was that before like, that? Yeah. It was like, holy cow. That's it, like It's this sea of humanity. Rory McIlroy is walking <laughs> down the 18th fairway yeah. with him. And people are running after him. Rory's like, I'm checking out. Dude, I remember that. Crazy. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So if, so if you said, like, if I said when I was out in rehab, I was in Wickenburg, Arizona, which is like a, it's like a literally like a rodeo t town. There's <laughs> nothing there. And if I said, hey, you know what? I'm just going to get an apartment here, just kind of play golf and manage my investments and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up. Why would that be so sad? If I decided to do that, it would be sad because you kind of like, I don't want to say the critics one, but like, like or, or, or not, I don't, it's not even about that. I think it's about me personally. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing in the towel, you know? And, and that, everybody goes, no, dude. Because we're all doing it. We're, everybody's trying to do it. We're all trying to do it. Trying to, Keep it afloat or make it tomorrow a better day or, or do what you're put on this earth to do. And when someone says, ah, I can't do it anymore. And, and it, that's every movie. Every movie is, is the guy said, hey, I can't do it anymore. And he goes, everybody makes a joke about those car theft movies. He goes, hey, man, one more. And he goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I got my family now. I live. He's like, dude, one more heist. How big is it? Ten million. Like, oh, I'm back, dude. I'm in. I'm yeah. back, dude. I'm back. But it's the, it's something about that, and 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 that's why I think, same with comedy. Like, oh, it's just a, it's a bunch of stupid jokes. Yeah, it's not. Oh, it's just a it's just a 
a guy putting a little white ball into a cup. It's just a guy driving a. It's not, dude. It's not. No, it's hope is what it but is. Yeah, for, and that's for it. But the, it's like, hope. like, yeah. But badminton is not my thing. But like, I like, I love watching golf, and and it, like. You might have through connection with your wife or through the videos that you've seen of mine, like this guy has given me a gift, and my family. A, uh, he's, yep. I Tiger Woods, dude, or, or LeBron James, or. Tim Tebow or your report, you've, you've, you've given someone stuff. So I would be like in kind of way in, in, indebted to your contributions to my life. And if something happened to Mar I go, I, I don't know Marty Smith part. I do now, but like, we got to help him. We got to find him. We got to make sure he's, I think it's some of that. Cause Tiger Woods, I remember when the when the Falcons lost. I'm a, I'm a, I always go back to sports. When the Falcons lost in the Super Bowl to the Patriots, it it did something to me, like significantly. Where my buddies, my my high school buddies, we like kind of. It sounds stupid, dude. That we. I remember the bunch of Atlanta journalists that I follow on Twitter. I DM them. I go, hey man, like, it sounds silly, <laughs> but you're like, if someone doesn't know. Basketball, you're like it's just a guy. I go, man, it's not though. It's not, and everybody has that thing for them. It's not sports, is or is it for a lot of us? But what is it? Whatever psychology of what you when Tim Tebow gets his whole team in there, we will never. Yeah, no one will work harder. Nothing it, like that, dude. I don't know why. I don't. Do you know no, why? Nothing like that, man. Why? Um. It just gets you, let's yeah, go, dude. Uh, I like watch these, that any given Sunday speech. It's like the, the, the speech in Miracle. The, yeah, well, there's a couple of them that just iconic. like. Coach Gaines and Friday Night Lights, perfect. The perfect speech in Friday Night Lights? Come on, man. I mean, what that does something. Maybe it's a, is it a male thing? It may be. <laughs> Testosterone problem. Yeah, but, it might be. But I, I think it all goes back to hope. That's all we want. We want yep. hope. Yeah. And those types of those speeches. Yeah. Or watching savants do what they do is hope. Some, yeah. And you know what they uh, like? I if you watch the uh, if you play the lottery, like I just the billboard is like you know the Mega Millions is at thirty seven million. You played? I don't play, but I see oh. it's right by my house all the time. And somebody was explaining that he goes, "Well, you're buying. If you buy it on Sunday and the drawing is on Saturday, you're buying hope." You are. That's it. You're buying uh, six days of hope. And if that costs you 10 bucks, it's about the odds of it are not good. But maybe. Maybe. And, and what the, like the, the, of like a, a lot of dopamine like receptors in the brain is when, when you, yeah, that. And when you, the dopamine, when you have a feeling that you're going in the right direction. So when you, like, when, the, when you hit a, when you, everybody's addicted to golf, I'm addicted to golf. When you hit a ball and it's hooking and it's getting better and be, or a putt and it's go, and you're like, it's a, yeah, for sure. You're like, why is that so addicting? Straight go. in the veins, man. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's like that. It's like you do a 20 foot and it bends and it's the best feeling on earth. And so when you are, they say it's competition, you're down by three touchdowns and it's the fourth quarter and there's eight minutes left and you somehow get a pick six. Everybody on that bench. Yeah. 
And that's it. Hope. That's it. You're like, oh, what? and it, I, get, I got chills talking about it. Now, it may not happen, but the one that is, is uh, coaching, skill, and momentum is in sports. So if, if you, you're down by the, the Hawks, we're down by 20, but we knew we were good. We, and, and conversely, the Falcons are always up, and they have this yeah. thing where they, they, it's probably going to come back. And that's not a joke. And so when you're, yeah, you get a little a hit of something on the internet. It's like 150 likes, 200, 300. You're like, oh, I might be going in there. And the brain, unfortunately, doesn't know uh, like right or wrong or morality or something. So when you, you could be protesting and looting or doing what it, it just, it wants you to, or you, if the guy trashing Taylor Swift, he's getting the dopamine rush too, because sure. he's getting the attention. So if you, it's a very, very, very primal explanation of it, but you're like, I live it every day. Yeah. I, I think about though, that's the space I live in. My friends just God. think I'm a super weird yeah. SOB. What do you, what do you track for your, like, if you're unhealthy, what do you, what would you, what metric would you track for your worth? Um, well, I do my very best not to read mentions because oh, yeah, I'm insecure and I don't do want to let them dictate yeah. my day. Yeah, they do. And, and they I'm will, not strong enough to, to not yeah. let them dictate yeah. my day. Yeah. So they said you, you were, you, you're biased towards a fan base or a person or something. Well, I get that every day. <laughs> okay. I'm biased towards Alabama, Clemson. I mean, uh, those two specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's just cause I'm there all the time. And yeah. my rebuttal is always the same. Yeah. I go where they're good. I go over there good. Yeah. You're not biased against uh, Marshall. You're like, I never covered a Marshall game, dude. Not no disrespect. Marshall fans are Marshall fans are coming after us right ah! now. Or I don't know why I chose that. Sorry. What yeah, was yeah. it like for you the first time you went to perform when you came back? Oh man. It was uh well, I didn't know if I could do it. It's it's similar to the first time ever. And, and they were they were gonna like well, a lot of the feelings were kind of like when they uh, the most of the feelings were when they uh, I was my agent was like, so when I was in rehab probably three months in my agent called and he was like speaking of like hope he goes, hey I got you know all the clubs want to book you. And I was like what? <laughs> I of course I'm I'm very in my own like. You know, my because I, I it was the day everything happened. I left my phone and went to read it, so I didn't know. I thought it was, I had to understand that it was my my career was over. I what I thought at the time it wasn't, but I remember he goes, I was in dark, dark place, and not, and I had supported my parents and my family. That was most important, but career that that was I thought about it, and he goes, I just want to let you know that, and I go, yeah, but that's probably no one's gonna come. Like maybe you're just trying to make me feel good. And then Zany's, the comedy club here in town, was the first show I did back. And I put it on sale and it sold out in about 20 minutes. And that was when I, I, I still, I, it, it make you feel some kind of way, man. Cause that now, now Tiger Woods, everyone knew about him. Everyone, he, before it was like a secret. And not to compare my situation to his, he's way more popular than me, I wouldn't, but youth have this thing that kind of, if all these people knew the truth about me, everyone would hate Marty Smith if they knew. Right. That's kind of, that kind of whispers to everybody, I think. If they knew the truth, all these people are here, sold out, they love you, but if they knew you were X, they would all hate you. And now everyone knew about me and they, 
showed up and, and they out. give you a standing ovation to walk out on not left when you came it was, oh man that's something that i that i if you were like if if you're like a not like a people ask me am i still like because the christian community like came after me pretty hard or like are you still a christian i go dude i'm way more of a christian now than i was <laughs> yeah. before way more because that was like no one should like that love that you showed me they were like this guy doesn't deserve it this guy doesn't but he and i think all our this conversation come full circle is i just wish somebody was like like picked me as a kid or or, or said hey dude are you good what do you need i got you as a kid i'm talking about as a kid like you know what the i went to private school my parents put me in private school and i was kind of very un no one helped me I remember no one was like they were like you need a book cover for your books and I was like I don't know what a book cover I don't and I'm out here alone and like I don't have any money and like you're just like I need someone to be like dude I got you dude I got you that's it and that I feel like all of my everything I've done since then is people be like and I constantly would be like yeah but dude or Ben Simmons, like, yeah, but dude, I missed the show. Or Tiger Woods, but yeah, think about all. He wants to, rem like, God is like, you're good. And other people are like, you're good. Yeah. And that's tough to receive. But you, if I was like, imagine what you would have felt if you were like, hey, I got John's phone number. And I said, hey, dude, I can't. Yeah. It's, you're like, I want to encourage. I go, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm too... Damaged. You'd be like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out there and tell him. Shake you. You yeah. have be like, dude, we love you. We, but you're so like, if you didn't have a supportive family or or people in your life, and you got into those mentions and lived in there, it would take you down. Oh no doubt. Into like a into like quitting. No question. It would, and I'm probably not. very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it wild? God, this got really like psychological. Yeah, but we got really, yeah, Do yeah. you understand like, what it's going to? Can we talk about like Alabama? Like, we, Alabama? <laughs> you understand what it's going to do for people, though? I, I mean, that, that's gonna, what I've been trying to tell everybody. It's going to. Speaking of hope, this conversation is going to give so much hope. And how fascinating is it that little John, <sighs> who just wanted, hey, I got you. So, yeah. All those people at that club down the street, I got after you, you were stripped naked, they were said. I got you. And they didn't know they don't know me personally. We didn't know Tiger Woods. What's crazy is is I was always wanting for people and as an adult they would teach you in therapy. You know who could, that little boy John that was like you know who can show for him now me. Adult John. And I can I remember like my buddy Isaac, one of my best friends. I was like on the road. The road's tough, you know the road it, it it'll it the I don't know what to say. You're like, yeah, dude, I got it. Those like, I don't know what the demons are. Or I don't know if you're if you're spiritual or not. Something. If you go out on a stage in a big, you report in front, of, and you go back and you close that hotel room door, and it's just you, and you're trying to, you know, an hour earlier, you could be somebody give me a bottle of water, somebody get me a, and now you got to trying to get a bag of chips from the front desk, and they're like, what's your room number? And you're like, I don't have my key. I don't you're like, know. Yeah. God. Right. And something. And I was having a tough time, and I struggled with depression and all that kind of stuff. And I was, you know, maybe the show hadn't gone well or whatever. 
And I go, I just, my best friend, I go, dude, I'm having a hard time, man. I'm having a hard time. And that, you're like, that's all you can do. As the adult, you can, I got you, dog. I got you, bro. I, you can say that in my, and you got friends that care about you enough to be like, yeah, we got you, bro. What do you need? You want me to come, you want me to drive there? You want me to be on the phone with you? You want me to check in in the morning? And you don't let those people show up for you. And I, me and you maybe have a more supportive core than maybe a lot of people, but like, I go to AA meetings all the time and they're just strangers and they'd be like, I'm having a hard time. And everybody be like, we got you, dog. <laughs> and that's the human, I don't know what that is really, Christian or not, because that, that's, that's everywhere, I think. And when you see somebody get, get, maybe getting, you can relate to them and you go, man, I want to, I, I mean, Sam Hunt, I was in rehab when Sam Hunt got a DUI and just getting crushed or Morgan Wallen getting crushed or I mean this it happens and I, there were, we were at Kid Rocks the uh you know that bar it's like it's downtown Nashville and we were just hanging out and uh the the main Saturday night singer was not there I go in there a pretty good amount of the heat long haired guy great and he's not there and somebody goes I go where is he, he goes he's in rehab and I go what do you mean he's in rehab he's like he's in rehab he's and I go, I went to the, one of the bartenders, like, can you give me his address? I want to, I want to talk. To, I don't know him. Why? It's the same thing you felt with me. Like, I, is a guy that he, he's not, he's, he's trying to. Look, man. I don't know what. I don't know. I don't really know the answer, but he's. I reached out to Sam, huh? Yes. Just so did I, dude. And, you, and the reason is because I hate the prospect of someone feeling alone. Yeah. That's what happened to me, dude. Much less when they're broken. Yeah, yeah. That's when they got to know. And, you, and they were like, that's the guy in Iowa that found, all right, I'm going to somehow find his agent, his management, somebody let me know where what to play. And then there's like, the rehab place house, there's seven different rehab, and, and it's confidential. You can't call yeah, you, them and say, is John Chris right, there? Yeah, yeah. And so they were like, somehow, he was, he's got things to do during his day. He's a, and he was like, I, I, I got to figure it out. And, and I, I kind of gap in my life to just, the rest of your life, just do that. And now I can do it on a macro schedule by showing up and, and, Sharing my, I don't share my, I don't want to sound like my show is a, is this, it's not a, it's a comedy show. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. It's very, very funny. But I guess I can do a smaller level what Tiger Woods did by continuing to do the thing I was, that I was gifted to do. No doubt. And that, you're like, it, 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 I, I, you move towards like Simone Biles, you go, like, ah, man. Or the girl at the Australian Open, same thing. Or like, and, just do if just do, and a lot of people. We should, I want to say before we end here that we, that Morgan Wallet or Sam Hunt or myself or a lot of people have a lot of support and a lot of people don't. There's some people that don't, don't and no one. They were in the darkness and they had no. They had nobody, and no one reached out to them. So I want. Does that make sense? I don't. It's fair to say that. That's why kindness. Like we live in a world now where everyone postures so much. Kindness wins. Yeah, always, always. It just does. Always, always. Yeah. 
always. It's not always easy, but it's always right. It's always, yeah, and it's all, and, and you're like, yeah, yeah. And at the at the end, there, you know, there's everybody's human. There's we were in rehab. I remember we were about to get out of there, and I go, all right, more horrific stuff is going to happen to us. Hopefully not of this, but death, sickness, loss of jobs, loss of relationships. If you, I'm 37, I, the, bad stuff is going to happen to you, bro. It is. So it's not necessarily avoiding heartache or pain. And, and it, like the, horrific things have happened to me since I've gotten out, but it's like, mm -hmm. I'll be all right. Mm -hmm. I'll be all right. And you know how much that, when you know how much, I feel like I do it all the time. I see people on television, and we, we're connected with other people that are public figures in a lot of ways, so we, we, we For sure. can, but I mean, they, in rehab, they're like, if I, the greatest thing, if I'm in my own head, or in my own struggle, with my own just issues, like that comedy club is, a, is a, two blocks from my house. And I know I can go down there any night of the week, and those openers, those younger comics, I can do that as a great set, man. And I know how much that means, dude. Yeah, man. And I know how much that means. And you can go help somebody. And that's the way I can help more than probably giving a guy five bucks at the gas station. By my influence and your influence, you can, you've helped by sharing my story. You have a platform. You're like, you, you can be of service. And I go down there and be like, hey, dude. I never seen you before. I never heard of you, but I watched your set and I think you're great. Boom. Yeah. Boom. And that's all I ever wanted somebody to do to me. It just it, you kind of hit this. I was reading this book about you going up one mountain, and then you fall off, and then you're in. The, there's another mountain up here, or you can go back up, try to get back up the fame, the likes, the money one. That's the one everyone first tries to climb that one because we, we don't know any better. You get knocked down, there's this new one with what we're talking about here with empathy and looking out for others and, and using your gift that God gave you. And you're in the middle, you're kind of looking up both. And I go up the other one sometimes, you know, still. I said, Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's You'd like, be lying if you say you weren't. For sure. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And because in so many ways, from a societal perspective, that's what is considered success. When in yeah. fact, yeah. our success, and we've both been blessed there, should not be yeah. our, it's not our purpose. It's a platform for our purpose. Yeah. And we, it took us a long time to realize that. And you put, and, but yeah, the, the, the struggle, to, I mean, that is the struggle to put that in context will be the rest of your life. No doubt. Like you, like when you got your like new contract, you're like, <laughs> yeah, of course, no doubt, man. yes, of course. And that, I think I've learned as a, as a believer to, to not like, like shame yourself for that. For me, wanting to have a sold out show, like did not, that's that God put that to, to be successful, to, to win. That's everybody, dude. And to not be like, oh, I'm just like. I kind of said at the beginning, like, uh, like, oh, I'm just out here to like, sh like, yeah, but I, no, nah, I'm here to win. We're both, I guess. No yeah. question. <laughs> you don't walk out there on that stage if you don't think you're We're the best man bro. in town. <laughs> you got to be, you got to be delusional, and like wild. You got to be delusional, 100% delusional to go on stage, and then 100% realistic when you come off, because you got to look up. Hey, that was. I got to fix this. I got to fix this. This joke needs to be moved here. But you got to be insane. 
to do it. I've kept you so long. Let me, good, dude. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you one more thing because I was interested in this. Yeah. The like writing or preparatory process. All right. Because y'all sets are long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how do you? Oh yeah, you do like thirty seconds, and you got to remember two names and a. <laughs> yeah. No, but not not to joke, but you got to remember. Yeah. He won the '97 Heisman. There were 2001 World. And that's and that's hard. Yes, very that's hard. Why, yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. how do you do? Yeah. 30 minutes straight or whatever it is you do? Uh, I mean, well, I think number one, like I write a lot of scripts for like our, our sketches and I send them out to the other actors to like memorize the lines and I never have to, I like, I, I live in this brain all day. I live in this brain all day. I don't have to, I now the, the kind of the beats of where like the punchlines are, I kind of, a little bit, but if you do like, when you start comedy, they give you two minutes. The first time I did comedy, they give you two minutes. And I go, all right, I'm going to tell the whiter wheat joke. <laughs> I'm going to tell the whiter wheat joke. I'm going to tell the Sam's Club joke. And I'm going to tell the uh, sports joke. Right? So you're like, and then a crowd will, if it's, if it's joke, they're loving a the premise, you kind of dig around in there mm -hmm. a little bit more. If they're not, then you kind of just... Move on to the next. But at this point, you, I probably I'm working on my fourth hour of material, and I've been doing it. So a good comic can write thirty minutes a year, maybe, maybe, of good A plus like TV ready material. Thirty minutes is a lot. It's a long time a long to time. be funny. Yeah, yeah. So if you go to, but if I go, I'm in Myrtle Beach last weekend, I'm not going back to Myrtle Beach for sixteen months. Yeah. Because I don't want to have the same show. So hopefully over the time it'll be a new show. But if you saw me in Myrtle Beach and you see me in Toledo this week, it'll probably be similar. Yeah, very similar. Now there's be things about it that'll be new, but I'm trying to like a new premise. I go. I was trying to think of a like a joke about how you know if you eat like you eat like a an animal, like that animal died for you. You eat a chicken sandwich. Say, what are you doing with your day to honor that animal? And I go, when, this is a stupid joke, but I go in heaven. You know, there's that cow walking around like, what did you do? He's like, you know, Michael Jordan, the 89 finals, he ate a steak dinner. <laughs> that was me, bro. That was like, so, and he's like, hey, chicken, like, what did you do? He's like, well, I, you know, I went to some lady that drove a Tesla and wrote a blog about canceling Dr. Seuss. Or like, she's like, it's a waste of, it's a joke, but it's like, it's a waste of like, you want to go to something significant. So the joke is like, you do it once. And people kind of related to the Michael Jordan, like, I get it. But the punchlines weren't. So you maybe need to change that example to something else or maybe make an example of my life or say, hey, what are you eating? What are you eating? You're eating a chicken sandwich. What are you going to do the rest of your night? So you don't know where the, you just, like some of the most iconic things in history have happened when somebody ingested an, like an animal's got to be proud. So anyway, the joke, you do it once. If the crowd, like, you'll know if they know what you're talking about. Like, if, I, if I, have you ever been driving down the street and seen that cyclist and want to be like, hmm, like, everybody relates to that because everybody, they, they're like, oh, okay, this is a, this is ripe for, everybody knows about uh, the prescriptions, the side effects are worse than the thing. Every, you don't have to be a comedian to yeah, be like, yeah. so if you start, something people think about every, every time, And yeah. you're not a comedian, you don't need, that's, a, that's a, like a very surface level comedy joke, like, Everybody would connect to that, and then you get deeper and deeper and deeper, and then you, it, they build off of, I mean, I wrote the things down in my phone on the way over here. 
that you saw that you were like, I got to talk about that? Well, man, thank you. Awesome, uh, man. Just amazing time, and I didn't know where it was going to go. Me neither. I forgot but, about you calling me in rehab, dude. I forgot about that. I knew that your wife had come out to shows, and I saw them after the the Carowinds or something. Was it the Carowinds? They were down there somewhere, yeah. It was one of the. They I, saw you, like, thinking Columbia, South Carolina. I think they saw you at Carowinds. It was like a, it was like an amusement park. Yeah. I remember because this is a joke. Speaking of how do you write jokes, so we were that was then when uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton was that was in in Charlotte. And this, was it near there, that amusement park? Yeah, it was right. I mean, it's, it's 10 miles south of downtown. Okay, all right. So I remember in this place, this was, I don't know, 10,000 people. It's, it's one of those, they call it a shed, where it's three, one, it's one third covered, and then it's yeah. long. Amphitheater kind of deal. And so I did. I, was there, I remember Aaron Weber, my opener, and I explained this joke to him. I was like, hey, can you come? Or after I do this joke, come side stage with a bottle of water. And I explained the whole thing. And I go, Oh, good to see you, Charlotte. Man, I'm I'm exhausted out here, man. I'm thirsty. I was like, somebody throw me a bottle of water, and I had Aaron Weber airmail it over my head. I go, oh, Cam Newton's here, and it, and it, dude. It, it, and it joint went dude, crazy. Oh my goodness, yeah. it went crazy. That's like a thing that you 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 have literal, like, oh my, this is gonna murder, dude. In, and in Charlotte, that is the best gonna joke murder you can tell. Yeah. at the time. And also, I bet if if I would do that if Cam Newton was there. He would think that's funny. I got jokes about like Tim Tebow, Joel Osteen, Barack Obama, and our rule is if your agent told you that person was coming and you would take that joke out, then that's not a joke you should be doing anyway. Yep. And I, he, if I would like a, you know, the president's correspondence center, if Cam Newton was there, I don't know him personally, but I would imagine if Tom Brady about like, oh, deflate the football, he would laugh at that. And nine times, no, probably 99 times out of 100, the word does get back to that person, and they they, they always message like, "Dude, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen." Now, and so you're like, you have that kind of. Uh, I knew that joke was gonna murder, dude. <laughs> and that's the gift that you're like, dude. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, you're not a. I'm happy to pass that along to people, and you see people laughing and having a good time. That's the best, man. Thank you. You got it. Amazing brother. stuff. Awesome. I love your spirit. I Thank appreciate you, you being so vulnerable. Hey, fall's coming up, baby. And we have now uh, had a therapy session for everybody listening, yeah. which is awesome. Everybody's going to be crying now. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. I like yeah. it. Guys, wow. I'm rarely rendered speechless. That's about as close as I get. I can't describe to you how much I enjoyed that conversation. I can't describe to you how hard it is for people to go to the depth that John just went with with us to share your failures and the lessons learned from those failures and what it's like to come out the other side and to have tremendous empathy for other people who might be going through things because all of us are going through something. All of us are managing something. Uh, I won't speak for everybody, but I know for me, there's a lot of pieces of me that I don't particularly like and that I'd rather not y'all see. And so for him to be that raw is the word about those pieces of himself and how he's working every single day to try to reconcile those was fascinating for me. And quite frankly, it was humbling that he'd be willing to share that with me and with us. I did not know until today when we did that interview what it meant to him when I reached out to him when he was going through a hard time.
I felt led in that moment. Uh, Lainey loves his work. She thinks he is absolutely hilarious, and she's right, he is. And when he had a hard time, I felt led immediately to reach out and let him know that this is not the end of the line. This is not over. This is going to become a vehicle for you to share a deeper piece of yourself with that unbelievably massive following that you've accrued based on talent and hard work. And now he's out the other side of it, and that's exactly what he's doing. You heard him say it right there. I can't. I'm still processing it even as we speak here together that that was the interview that we did because as I said there off the top I didn't know what to expect but what I what I got was so much better and more meaningful to me and hopefully to you guys than what I expected if you enjoyed this please tell John reach out to him on social media you heard him say it there in the interview DM these guys they're reading it Reach out to them on social media. You have a direct vehicle to share light. And as much as I hate, I hate so much of social media because I feel like we tend to take what is said there to and about us as gospel when that's not the case. But there is an opportunity for light in it. And if you enjoyed what you heard there from John, please reach out to him and to people in your life that you may feel like, hey, they might be going through a hard time. Because that phone call or that text message or you getting in the car and driving over there and talk to them might be the difference in them feeling fulfilled and validated and wanted and needed versus them feeling like they're on an island alone and that they don't have any hope. You can be that hope. I hope we were a little bit of hope for you guys today. It certainly was for me. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell all your friends if you're getting fulfillment and joy out of this platform because we are, everybody involved in it here at Outsider. Thank you so much. This is the Marty Smith Podcast at Outsider Studios. We appreciate you guys. Have an amazing day.